Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. Okay, let's see who's out there. Let's go to the callers. We have some great people here to talk to you. So let's go to, uh, this is a good one, Pia in Los Angeles. Pia on line three. Thanks for holding, Pia. You're on with Dr. Wayne Dyer. Hello, Dr. Dyer. Hi, Pia. How are you, my Hi. dear? Oh, I'm great. I can't believe I'm the first call. I think I should go out and pay, play Powerball. <laughs> 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 well, I'm glad you, to hear you're feeling better. Thank you. Thank that's you. Really, that's really good to hear. And I, I think we actually spoke about a year ago. Um, uh-huh. I'm at, I, I used to teach kids with autism, and at the time I was teaching kids with autism. And you mm-hmm. sent me a couple of your children's books. Right. And mm-hmm. um, Yeah, and you, you sent me uh, those books. And, you know, I remember you telling me that I had such a gift to offer the children. And you even had told me you saw a, a book in me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think at the time I was, I was really struggling between staying with the children, teaching, teaching the children with autism and transitioning into teaching yoga. Uh-huh. And, um, and I had decided come June when school was out, I was going to, you know, I had, I had been teaching um, a yoga class in recovery for people in recovery of addiction and trauma all throughout the year. And I love it. And I love the gift of it. And I loved everything you were saying about how your pain can relieved through certain exercises you're doing, because, you know, what I have noticed through people in recovery, especially is, is that, you know, especially even going, I myself is in, I'm in recovery and I practice the 12 steps and even moving through the 12 steps of, of in a, in a, in a yoga practice, like being powerless and knowing you don't have control over anything except your own choices and, and, you know, being restored to some sanity, some acceptance, some patience, and, and having the willingness to let that all go is such a powerful practice in the yoga. And, and it just, this summer, my gosh, I'm, I'm teaching six different classes throughout Santa Monica and L.A., and I've seen my practice grow, and I've seen how, you know, people, especially specializing in the yoga for recovery, how people have really gravitated towards me that way and it really made gave me the courage to let go of teaching the children the way I was teaching them but Mm -hmm. embracing the teaching with the adults that that are guiding these children you know Mm -hmm. and so right and I think about something you said because you know while I'm practicing with with these people you know I'm like okay well I'm reminding myself of everything right and and so the patients, and so how much I love being of service, there's still a bit of that financial fear, like, wow, I love doing this, and my gosh, but how am I going to get my, my bills paid, right? Mm. But I see that it, start, it continues to grow, but I remember you saying something about patience. It's just having that absolute knowing. That's right. right. That infinite you're, you're, infinite patience produces immediate results, and, and getting... You know, get it, that's a big part of this whole thing. We just, most of us don't realize how much of our lives we live in, in fear. From the time that we're very, very little to even the simple little things like uh, 
I, I, you know, I drive the speed limit because, uh, not because I, I think it's the safe thing to do and I love everybody else and I don't want to cause any damage. Uh, I drive the speed limit because I'm afraid that if I don't, I'm going to get a ticket if I speed or something. And it's like, that's a, you multiply that times a thousand different, uh, explanations and you start seeing that fear. And you just, even in what you were just saying, you know, you, you always manage to, we always manage to get somehow that fear and particularly around finances and so on that, uh, it's not going to work out, and things aren't going to. And then we, and then we forget that we're aligning with a, a universal uh, divine mind that says, if this is what you're thinking about, and this is what you want, you know, then then I'll just match up to that because you know it's just like it's like Abraham says, you know, it's just a, it's it's just an alignment with a, with a vibration, an energy vibration, and if you if you start to vibrate to uh, prosperity and abundance and and seeing it that way, and it's the same with the healing thing that we were just talking about. If you start, you know, really to vibrate uh, to that internally with all of your thoughts, you'll attract it into your life. And by the way, the the the, the combination of of using yoga with uh, the teaching of autistic children and, and teaching the adults in their life, you know, that word means that yo- word yoga means union. It's like you're really just all you're doing is reconnecting to your source of being, which is an infinite source of you know, of, of, of abundance and prosperity and, and joy and so on. So, yeah, thank yeah. you so much, Pia. Thank, thank you so much. And, you know, like you were saying, you, I, I have found you so tremendously helpful in my life, and I know you're tremendously helpful with others, and, and I would love to be of service to you. And I'm going to be in Maui in January, and I would love to gift you uh, some yoga to help in All your right. healing. That would be wonderful because that's the thing I'm going to get back into next is get, getting back to yoga. So you're coming to the January conference? That'll, that'll no, I'll just be I'll just be in Maui um, right oh, now. Oh, that's good. Here for a few days okay. with my husband. <laughs> All right. Well, you'll find me. I'm easy to find right on Kanapali Beach. Okay, great. I will. All I will right. Thank you, Lisa, okay. and God bless you. And we're going to send you. I've got something out there with Eckhart Tolle called uh, the importance of being extraordinary. So we're going to send you a copy of that video today. Oh, thank you okay? so much. So okay. leave your address. All right. Okay. Thanks for calling. Thank Appreciate you. it. God bless you, dear. Mm-hmm. And let's go right to another caller. Really good questions. Uh, Tamara uh, here in San Diego on Line 7. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, <laughs> hi, hi, hi to you. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. And I, once again, um, I'm happy to hear that you're, you're feeling well. Um, that's great news. <laughs> Yes. Okay, my question or my my question is that well I've heard you say that there's a whole world of people out there that want to help you to achieve your dream and I know that to be true because one of my missions is to help people to achieve their dreams. But I notice that sometimes when I need the most help and people offer it to me, I push it away and I have mm. difficulty receiving it. And one example is I um I put on a production like three years ago and um, some friends offered to pay for it to be professionally taped, and mm-hmm. I didn't receive that gift because I was like, well, what if, you know, I had so many what ifs in my head. And so now I'm working on some other things, and I know that, you know, I have people around me who love me, and even strangers, I'm sure, would love to be a part of, you know, this mm. wonderful experience that I'm a part of. And um, I just... I don't know what's inside me that doesn't allow. Oh, I can tell you. Okay, I, I, thank you. <laughs> because we just uh, we just talked about it. It's yeah. uh, it's this big word fear. I mean, okay. it's um, 
you know, it's, it, it, you know, and the Course in Miracles says, you know, and it's like, it's, it's just such a basic fundamental truth. You know, there's, it's either fear or love, whatever you're feeling, whatever experiencing you have, even whatever thought you have, it's either, it's either in fear or it's in love. And any thought that is in fear cannot be love. And any thought that is love cannot be fear. And if you look at just the words of Jesus and all of the great spiritual teachers that uh, basically saying that what is God? God is love, you know, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in me. So when you are in, uh, you know, having a loving place within you, you are you're with God. You're aligned with your source of being, whatever you want to call that, you know, the Tao, divine mind, spirit. It doesn't make any difference. Um, and when you're not, you're in fear, but fear can't be love. So what you, your fear is that, uh, you know, you might, it, it might, you know, it, it, that I'm not worthy of this, of, of receiving these kinds of things, you know. You know, the ability to give, to give uh, is really the other side of the coin of the right. ability to receive. And if you're not able to do one, you can't do the other as well. Um, and, and basically it comes from like, uh, 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 am I worthy enough? And you just have to ask yourself, you know, I came from, you know, I came from God. I came, I mean, I'm, my origination point is from my source of being. I'm going to return to that. And when I do, I'm going to know a kind of, a kind of experience that has no opposite. You know, that's what oneness is. That's what love is. That's what divine love really is. It's, it's a love that has no opposite. You know, it's like if I ask you what's the opposite of love, you can say, well, it's hate or it's fear or, it's, you know, indifference or whatever. Imagine being able to be in a state of being in which there is where you fuse the dichotomies, where you've uh, uh, you've transcended the the opposites, where you where, where there is you know there's there's joy and there's no opposite of joy, which is sadness. There's love and there's no opposite of that, which is fear or hatred and so on. And if you can get to that, the closer and closer you get to that. It's what you're doing is you're you're saying I choose not to be in that place of fear, fear of being disapproved, fear that I won't be able to make it, fear that other people won't like it, fear that it's uh, you know there, that I might fail at something. You know if I, if you can just let go of all of that, and when people are offering you something, you got to look at those people and see them as God. Yeah. And and it's like and and what is God doing all day long? Whatever God means to you. Well, right. I mean, right. I'm just looking out at this beautiful day here, and I'm looking at the sky, and I'm looking at the air that I'm getting to breathe, and I'm looking at the at the rain that just that fell last night to to keep the the grass green, and I'm looking at the ocean, and you know, and it's like it's just endlessly abundant, endlessly abundant, and it's like and it and it's a gift. It's always giving. It's always like here I am. This is what love is. Love is just about giving. You know. Uh, and if you can get yourself to that place where you're saying, thank you, instead of I don't deserve it, yeah. or it's, you know, it's, uh, and that stuff that got programmed into your subconscious mind from the time that you were a little kid and you went off to school and you were told if you don't get to good grades and if you don't behave and if you don't dress the right way and if you don't speak the right way, you know, then, you know, there's going to be consequences and you start it's all these fears in our, and this is why, you know, the great poet uh, Wordsworth said that, uh, 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 <clears throat> we're talking about, she said, heaven lies about us in our infancy. You know, a birth is but a sleep and a forgetting. A sleep and a forgetting. Heaven lies about us in our infancy. Why does heaven lie about us in our infancy? Because that's when we're connected to God. And it's like infants, you know, every infant in the world, whether it's a Taliban in, uh, infant or whether it's a, an infant from, uh, you know, uh, 
from San Diego or anywhere. It's like it's, they just come from a place of divine love. And then all, then we get taught all of this other stuff. You have to perform. You, you have to do things in a certain way. You have to be better than other people. You have to compare yourself to others. Instead of just being in that place of just divine oneness where everything is just fulfilled. And it's like in the Bhagavad Gita, it teaches us to, to, get, to let go of our desires. And we say, well, how can I get rid of all my desires? Well, you don't have to get rid of all of them. But when you are fulfilled, when you really feel fulfilled and you really feel blessed, which I feel every single day of my life, you know, the enormous number of blessings that I have. And I'm, you know, so blessed to, to have so many people who love me, including my own family, but to have, you know, wherever I go in the world. I mean, people, I walk into the room and people stand up and just, you know, tell, you know, they're basically saying how much they love me. Mm -hmm. That is such a powerful feeling to know that, that that's that's for all of us. Once you get to that, Tamara, once you get to that place, I'm telling you, everything will flow to you, including the healing that I just described, you know, the absolute miraculousness of all of it. There were so many little things that took place. And as I step back and look at them, which is what I did when I wrote I Can See Clearly Now, you've got to be able to see clearly now that every time that you have allowed fear to step into your world, You've moved a little bit away from love, a little bit away from the, the knowing that you are, you know, you are perfect. You are a perfect divine creation. There's nothing for you to prove. Have you read Anita's book, Anita Murjani, Dying to Be Me? I have not. Yeah, well, we're going to send you a copy of it today. It's, a, it's about a woman who was, had a near-death experience and, and what she learned and how she has come back and she, what she has done and how she's teaching all over the world about, you know, basically you know, the presence of so much cancer and so much disease, particularly cancer and diabetes and some of these, uh, and asthmas and, and uh, even skin disease, so much of this stuff is related to, you know, just, we, we just fear after fear after fear multiplied by it. And, and our whole lives became, become obsessed with uh, being afraid, you know, that uh, I'm not enough. Um, I'm not going to do well. I'm, I'm going to be disapproved of. You know, and when you get rid of that and you're in a state of pure love, I tell you, that's what—that's the healing that took place for me, you know, and allowed me to do this new PBS show, which I think you're going to just be stunned by. It's, yeah, it's, it's I can't so wait. I'm, well, I'm yeah. excited about it. Yeah, and I'm excited for you, and I'm excited for you to read Anita's book because uh, I've, I found her and wrote the uh, forward to it, and now she's out there. And this is a woman who was at such a stage of end-stage cancer that no one has ever even survived it. And when she opened her eyes and had this absolute miracle take place for her to come back and to tell her story and she's doing it like in such a such a profound and beautiful way in fact she filled in for me in washington dc for about an hour of the time that was devoted to me and i understand she was just she was just stunning uh so i want you to read it i think it'll be really important for you there's nothing for you to do tamara you don't you just have to be yourself listen to the beatles song you know just let it be right. <laughs> yeah there will come an answer when I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I'm giving these to you right now. Just let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Yeah. By the way, today's the uh, uh, one-year anniversary of when I spoke at the, at the home of the Blessed Mother, the uh, Mother of Jesus in Ephesus, Turkey. It's the birthday of, uh, of Jalaluddin Rumi, mm -hmm. uh, the great, one of the greatest poets who ever lived back in the 13th century. September the 30th is his birthday. So 
happy birthday. He would be 806 years oh old. Oh, my today. gosh. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So thank you. Leave your address. We're going to send you Anita's book. And thanks for calling in. And uh, and I love you very much. I love you, too. Thank you so much. Thank you. And let's go from San Diego to British Columbia to Prince George, B.C., and talk to Andrea on line four. And thanks for being patient, Andrea. You're on with Dr. Dyer today. Thank you so much for taking my call. Hello, Andrea. How are you today? I am great. I am very happy to talk to you. Me too. You are the first person that got me on my spiritual path. Really? You are. How, how, how did that happen? What was it? I think it was a PBS show. Mm-hmm. And then um, I just looked into your work and uh, and just, uh, actually, it's a very long story. I found some of your stuff at the library because I had a cancer scare that ended up mm-hmm. not being cancer, and it was the 101 Ways to Transform Your Life. Oh, my goodness. I hear I'm... more people tell, tell me <laughs> how important that was to them. Yeah. Yeah. I practically mm. know it off by heart, I swear. Mm. Wow. <laughs> well, so I'm having I'm, a little I, problem lately. What is that, dear? Well, I just recently learned about GMOs and Monsanto. Oh, boy. And I'm... <laughs> Don't get me started. I'm going on a rant. <laughs> well, that's fact, how I feel. Let me, and let and me... here, here I was just, you know, learning more spiritual things and finding inner peace. And now mm-hmm. all of a sudden I have this. And I really feel the need that I need to spread the word and tell everyone that it really messes with my inner peace. Mm. Oh, but don't let it do that. I got the same deal going. Yeah, yeah. But uh, in fact, one of the people that was in the audience that I'm going to do a public television special with next year uh, is Bill Davis, who wrote a book called Wheat Belly, um, where he talks about you know gluten and 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 wheat and how how toxic. the wheat that is made today is because it's all been genetically modified. Not only has it been genetically modified, but it's been modified to, to be able to reproduce its own pesticides. Um, well, I didn't think the uh, wheat was, was part of it. I thought they, yeah. they scrapped that one. No, wheat is 100% of it. About, about 99% of the wheat in this country is, uh, is, is, is from genetically modified. Wheat used to grow five, remember, I don't know if you, yeah, I know you're from Canada, but through Purple Mountains, Magistries, you know, that whole song, you know, amber, amber waves of grain, that's supposed to be wheat. You know, wheat now, it used to be four or five feet tall. Now it's 17, inch, 17 18 inches high. It's dwarf wheat. It's all, been re, uh, it's all been modified, first of all, so that you have to come back and buy the, uh, uh, buy the, the next generation from Monsanto or whoever owns a patent. How, they, yeah, yeah. How, how they've been able to patent and own food that goes into the ground and then time magazine has a, a, an issue just a few weeks ago saying where are all the bees going why are half the world's population of bees have just disappeared in just the last couple of years and yeah. it, and almost everything that we're planting out there we've modified out there the bees they don't look at this i mean they say what is this you know so this isn't this, this isn't a flower this is uh, you know something that's been created in a lab and uh, and owned by a company i told you it's a rant for me uh, but <laughs> but for me too <laughs> but for me it's like i'm coming from a place of peace i've volunteered to do this pbs show i'm not going to be paid anything for it at all um I'm, I'm going to do it with this guy who's written this book which i recommend very much it's called wheat belly and um and hay house has a wonderful book in fact we'll send you send you a copy of it uh worry free wheat free i think it's called 
Um, we'll put a copy in the mail to you when you leave your address today. Um, and it's uh, so he so he was in the audience. And what when I discovered this and went gluten free completely on the summer solstice on June the twentieth, uh, I can't tell you the difference that it's made not only for me, but for so many people in my own family. And uh, you know, it's just it's just been a it's been it's been practically a lifesaver for me. And, and um, so, I mean, the gluten that, uh, and, and then gluten is just one area of this. I mean, it's like on Maui, 99% of the papayas are now GMO'd uh, and yeah. owned by Monsanto. You open up a papaya here that grows in the ground and you open it, there are no seeds in it. You know, who ever heard of a papaya or a watermelon without a seed in it? You know, it's like they, that, that's supposed to be some wonderful thing that we've done. And the reason for that is because, you know, we used to take the watermelon seeds from the previous year, put them in the ground, and we grow new watermelons. It's sort of the way God figured out this whole system, you know. But what they've done is modified them so that the next generation uh, doesn't reproduce. You have, if you want to put get watermelons next year, you got to come and buy them from one of these big companies that have uh, – it's, it's a horror show, and it's something that's um, – but we can change it. And we're not going to change it with fear. And we're not going to change it with anger. The way I've done it is I've just decided to go gluten-free, to eat organically, to, yes, you know, I really uh, what to get to put no processed food into my body and all of that. And but but I'm making a commitment to go on national television and to tell the story with a, a cardiologist who's written a book about it. Uh, there's another new book out on it called Brain Grain. I think it's about how these grains are are, you know, making us all so toxic in, in our world so um, well, thank you for, thank you so yeah, much for making a commitment to go spread the word yeah that's, all. that's what i want you to do if because as soon as you come from anger you become you be you what you do is you produce more of what you don't want you know we've all, we're already upset about what is going on and then i join in being upset so i've just doubled the amount of of negativity out there what you have to do is commit yourself i think it's part of the obesity crisis that we see on our planet you know, that uh, if you take gluten out of your uh, life, and my, my one daughter did that who's been had a serious weight issue for many years, and she's uh, taken off 25 pounds in, in about two months, just just like that, just by doing nothing but removing wheat and gluten, you know, particularly gluten from her, from her uh, and, and staying away from genetically modified foods. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just... What you do is you take this kind of stuff that exists, as my friend Ramdas always would say to me, Wayne, starving children in Africa are part of the perfection of the universe. And I think, how can you say that? He said, but so is your desire to end it, a part of the perfection of the universe. Stay with that rather than what you don't want. If you put your attention on what you don't like and what you don't want and you do it enough, you'll just attract more and more of what you don't want. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.